You're listening to the SIL Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 58, Head and Heart, a Tenuous Tango. Bringing technology into this discussion, mm -hmm. when you think about the internet, what we're getting is intellect and information minus yes. a lot of the emotional component. Exactly. Now, when you're talking to somebody, you can hear the emotion in their voice. But when they're just online mm -hmm. uploading comments, you're getting information, but you're not getting the nuances, the subtleties of their emotional response. And even day-to-day -day texting between people. Like oftentimes, I have had that experience where people misinterpret Mm -hmm. uh, what you actually sent to them because they have their own kind of register on it, right? Sure. So if I need to discuss something, I would rather speak to the person. There's a tug of war between my head and my heart all over you. It has gone so far. It's about to tear me apart. What can I do? Educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all, attributed to Aristotle. Hmm. Now, some people will argue as to whether or not he actually said that, but whoever said it, that's what we're using as the basis of our discussion today. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, on the surface, all you can do is say yes to that. But I would really suggest that there is a kind of a gray area here mm -hmm. where the intellect or the mind kind of shades into the emotions and the emotions then shade back into the mind. So when I ask you, where is there a clean delineation between the two? It's very hard to say where that line exists. Right. And so I would say it's more like a seamless relationship or dance that happens where there's a kind of an intersecting of these spheres. Mind that, and heart. Yeah, that is happening constantly. And sometimes the heart aspect is occupying more of the sphere than the mind aspect and vice versa, running the show, if you like. Mm -hmm. So in the case of war, you could almost say that the emotions are running the show right. with the intellect being dampened down and contained and closed off so that you don't think the thoughts that would break the emotional dynamic, mm -hmm. right? And suddenly you're thinking, oh, maybe my enemies are not that bad, right? which would change your emotional connection to the whole deal. So mm -hmm. war would change overnight if people could change their intellectual thoughts about the enemy in a profound way. You're talking about it intellectually in terms of knowing things, and I'm viewing it more as knowing how the other side might feel or identifying with the people that you're actually waging war on. Yeah, both of those roots are there mm -hmm. towards detente. One can change one's mind about a people, mm -hmm. and one can change one's heart by feeling more empathetic right. towards their plight, seeing it from their point of view. And a war only carries on to the extent that those two avenues are closed off to people. Mm -hmm. or they close themselves off. I've always been of the point of view that our children's emotions are more important or should matter more to us than their knowledge of geography, math, or science. Mm -hmm. okay. I say that because I believe that our intellectual side can be easily developed when we're feeling secure and nurtured and cared for. I'm not saying that you can't do it in the absence of all that, 
but I think we're more rounded human beings when we have that. Well, you're right, and because as we develop as children, we really develop first through our emotional life, mm -hmm. and then we gradually acquire concepts, information, and the intellect begins to develop after. But the primary starting point is our emotional life. And as you say, without that being nurtured, without the garden of our emotions being nurtured by our parents and our greater family, and by the society at large, yes. we can be stunted emotionally. So when the intellect starts to develop, it's developing upon a foundation that is twisted, uh, mm -hmm. out of shape. Lacking right? in connection to other human beings right. sometimes. Often, right. actually, in the situations which we can attribute to a lot of our political instability mm -hmm. and decisions that we see being made every day, even with technology, for example. Technology would take a different twist, too, if we start to consider the human values that we associate with technological advances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful uh, object which can do this and can do that, but is it serving us on the human side as well, or sure. is it interfering? Yeah, and I think you gave the example the other day when we talked about uh, designing, say, uh, a cell phone, which is uh, seniors-friendly mm -hmm. in the way it operates. Yes. And that a designer who doesn't take these kinds of things into account is not bringing heart into their designs. It's all in the head. Yes, there is functionality, there's no question, but it may not be encompassing all the factors that could be considered in its mm -hmm. eventual design. So how to do this? Let me give you an example. My godson mm -hmm. went through the Waldorf school system. Right. And they're a really good example of how to create a balance between intellect and emotional life. Here's how they work. Instead of teaching a child how to write or print mm -hmm. the letters and then create words out of them, they delay that process so they'll have the child dance to the letter M ah. or O or what have you mm -hmm. before they're able to pick up a pencil and make the letter happen. Right? Interesting. Because their whole idea is that when we are born, we're not fully here yet. We're not fully incarnated on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so my experience as a child of a tree, for example, they want to delay the moment when I see that Only and tree. see tree, concept mm -hmm. tree. They want to delay the abstraction away from the planet because we have to incarnate fully first to feel ourselves at home here. And a lot of people don't feel at home mm -hmm. here because they've been abstracted too early mm -hmm. from the actual connection to our planet. Mm -hmm. And you know, my godson is an incredible being. And I say being, mm -hmm. because that's one of the things that the Waldorf system kind of keeps at the forefront, is that they're not dealing with just a child that needs to be fed information, etc. Mm -hmm. That they're dealing with a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different approach. So tell me, from observation and from your interaction with him, tell me how that manifests. Well, he has deep empathy. Mm -hmm. And he thinks about things right. deeply. He's not a surface type of guy. He's creative because there's a great uh, emphasis on creativity and in encouraging that in children in that system. The process. Yeah. So he's a creative being. He's a thoughtful being. And he's an empathetic being. His beautiful balance to him. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what happens when you teach children in a way that uh, doesn't eliminate the emotional life. Right. And by its very nature, by the things that you're describing the chances that your godson will be able, as an adult, 
to think outside of himself and to think of others is probably far greater, wouldn't mm -hmm. you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And to me, that's the essence of a strong society where people can think outside of themselves. Of course, you have to take care of yourself first, but that doesn't stop there. Most of the decisions that we make, whether they're technical, social, political, very different things happen when we consider people and things outside of ourselves. We have to admit that religion has played a big part in emphasizing mm -hmm. that side of our emotional life, trying to raise the emotional side of life to the point where we realize that we're not alone, mm -hmm. that there's a greater dimension to life than our day-to-day -day selfish, you know, I need this, I want that. Yeah. They give that a name, God or Allah or whatever it is, mm -hmm. but it's essentially saying there's meaning outside of my own selfish desires in the world. And I have to think about that, and I have to meditate on that in some mm -hmm. cases. Uh, and I have to engage in acts of compassion to feel fulfilled as a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. That's one of the good things religion has brought to the planet. There are bad things, too. The core of religion, not extremism, the basic concept of religion, you're saying. Yeah, but when you get to extremism, that's where you get to interesting examples of how the mind and the heart mm -hmm. are disconnected or yes. twisted out of shape. And I can give you an example of that. Do that. I got this piece of paper in my mailbox about four days ago. Oh, yeah. And unsigned, typed out. And the whole thing is an attack on the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. suggesting that homosexuals as a group have this kind of manifesto mm -hmm. in which they promise to take over the world wow. with their mm -hmm. homosexuality. Let me read you a little section of this, sure. okay? Just a little section. And this is what they're saying that the homosexuals want to do. This was dropped into your mailbox at home. Anonymously. Listen to this. And further, those who oppose us, the homosexuals, will be exiled. The family unit, which only dampens imagination and curbs free will, must be eliminated. All churches who condemn us will be closed. Our only gods are handsome young men. We are free to live out our lives according to the dictates of the pure imagination. For us, too much is not enough. One of the major requirements for a position of power in the new society of mm. homoeroticism will be indulgence in the Greek passion. We will rewrite history. We will portray the homosexuality of the great leaders and thinkers of the world. We will demonstrate that homosexuality and intelligence are inextricably linked and that homosexuality is a requirement for true nobility, true beauty in a man. We will be vicious because we are fueled with ferocious bitterness. Wow. So they're attributing this kind of feeling and, and intention to the homosexual community. Right. So they're fomenting a hatred mm -hmm. towards that community. This is an example of hate literature. So it's fomenting anxiety and alarm and hatred, which is an example of the mind and the heart. These same people who put this out go home to their kids and love their children and their spouse or whoever, their community, and at the same time, they're able to think these horrible thoughts about another community who shares space in their society, attributing all kinds of evil towards them. Mm -hmm. And that's the evil of fundamentalism right there, mm -hmm. right? The closed-off view of an other as a worthy human being, worthy of our compassion, our thoughtfulness, our consideration, mm -hmm. and not just calling them monsters who want to take over. And that goes back to the heart. 
when you have that connection, you're not likely to view it that way. You'll have a more tempered view. There may be something that you don't like, but you won't automatically make this wide assessment like mm-hmm. all Muslims or all Arabs or all Indians or all Greeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't make that broad statement. You would think about what you're actually saying. But that implies uh, self-perception that is kind of awake. Yeah. Right? It implies a person able to look at their thoughts and realizing that their thoughts are limited. Mm-hmm. Looking at their emotions and realizing that their emotions are stunted to a degree. All of us, in a way, yes, have stunted exactly. emotions in some way, well, especially men who aren't encouraged to express themselves in the same way uh, that women are as they grow up, mm-hmm. uh, quite naturally. So this kind of thing can lead to all kinds of horrible monstrosities. Uh, a Nazi soldier killing Jews in a camp and going home and making love to his wife and, mm-hmm. and loving his children and all of that stuff. And somehow balancing those two things as if it was the most natural thing in the world. And my contention is that in order to do that, you have to have a level of disconnect, which most people wouldn't understand, but Mm -hmm. obviously is achievable. Sure. Right? So the heart, when the heart is applied fully in conjunction with the mind, Mm -hmm. that these kinds of extremes are less likely to happen. Now, I have no way of verifying or proving that. Yeah. We talk about these things, but we don't know with 100% certainty. This is not a scientific exploration. Uh, I'm reminded of that, what was that movie with that Italian comedian? He's in the camps with his son. Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful. One of my favorite films. It's a beautiful film. And in that film, thinking about mind and heart, Mm -hmm. the way he... His heart is there for his son. Absolutely. And his mind concocts this idea to tell his son that they're at this sort of summer camp or yeah, something. It's a, fun, it's a game. It's a game. It's a big game, mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating. So it's like lying, intellectually lying on behalf of the heart that is trying to protect. Mm-hmm. Protect, you know? exactly. It's a beautiful idea. Mm-hmm. It's showing the complexity of that relationship between yes. mind and heart. Right? Exactly. In order for him to have done that with his son, He had to create that for himself or he had to have it in him in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Despite all the challenges, despite all the hardcore things he was dealing with, he was still able to tap that soft inner part of him, the Mm -hmm. compassion, the empathy. Yeah. So if we as human beings are able to do that, we will deal with each other differently. We will create different societies. And that largely comes, doesn't mean it's exclusively gotten that way, but it largely comes from our upbringing. Box, box. So, what's your story? I was once told that the love I felt beating inside my chest was nothing more than my mind playing an unfair trick on my heart. And like a pair of dice dancing along the uneven pavement, their fate, much like yours or mine, had already been decided. That even the cracks that drew their faults between two opposing sides could not escape a fate that was always destined to be sealed. To think that someone could actually believe that the swelling tides of my heart were no more than an anxious highway of ins and outs anchoring my imagination to the castles I've been building in the sky. Well... Maybe they are the crazy ones. Then again, 
I have been known to misplace my hope in the way things fall. And if I had to confess, there stands a greater chance that I've all but lost my mind in here. So I suppose it's better off this way. Because I've always believed that the odds of finding what you seek tend to favor those who are open to seeking them in the first place. Box, box. What about you, Harry? What about your own personal life experience? How much of it would you say it's impacted you in terms of your development over your 60-some years? Well, I mean, to start with, as a child, and I'm a child of Holocaust survivors, Mm -hmm. and that's no small thing when you want to look at the emotional realities and intellectual realities around Mm -hmm. that. I mean, Mm -hmm. my parents came out of the camps, and with obviously an extreme hatred for the German nation and what they did to them and their family. Mm -hmm. But somehow, my parents did not, not even consciously, but they just did not uh, transfer that hatred onto their children directly, as in to say, you have to hate these people because of what they did to us. Mm -hmm. They talked a bit about it. My mother would never get into a Volkswagen through her life. That kind of thing was there. But subconsciously, Mm -hmm. they seemed to pass on to me the idea that that was then, that this is the past. Mm -hmm. We must learn from it. It must never happen again. Mm -hmm. But as far as your connection to other people in the world, including Germans, this is your life. You live your life. Yes. And that's an incredible gift. Absolutely. From the heart to their children. And I'll never forget that. It also sets you up in many ways. They've modeled for you. Yeah. A way of seeing the world, a way of dealing with fellow human beings. Mm -hmm. That in the face of such horrendous conditions and circumstances, that they can still find love. They can still find forgiveness on some level. Yeah, and very interesting, too, that... Two of the women who have been significant in my life as uh, partners or spouses, three actually, have all got Aryan blood in them. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's like some sort of karmic principle that you have to be attracted Uh to someone like that to balance out the history of the thing. Anyway, uh, But it's life-altering. It completely shifts the direction of your life. Oh, Sure. No. I mean, I had to find a way to relate to someone who was in the Wehrmacht. Mm-hmm. Two, actually two. And for those that don't understand that word. Well, the German Air Force. That's uh, the Luftwaffe. Oh, sorry, the Luftwaffe, yes. One was in the Wehrmacht. Right, which is the, the Army. And the current one was in the Luftwaffe as right. a mechanic. Oh, I see. <laughs> so you got the Army and the Air Force. Oh, yeah, I had to relate the German Army and the German Air Force through right. my spouses, which is really an interesting challenge. And what I had to do was I had to say to myself, this is a human being. They were what they were. They are not that now. Mm-hmm. Many Germans, for example, were really broken emotionally over what they'd done. Oh, for and sure. they're still vibing off of that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just as importantly, remember that it's not just you. Those women that you described are doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. Kind of this interesting karmic dance mm-hmm. between the Aryan nations and the Semitic nations and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the value of all of this connection and intermarriage and all this stuff. I know cultures will often feel that they need to be contained or else they're going to lose their identity identity and their Mm culture is going to disintegrate. And the Jewish people are very much like that. They don't like intermarriage for that reason. Mm -hmm. But I think it's critical to do that in order to break with the past and emotionally soften the heart in an important way. Mm -hmm. What's your 
example from childhood you could give about how your parents taught you emotionally and intellectually and, and the balance that was struck there? I never saw any overt signs of prejudice. Mm -hmm. I never heard any really negative remarks, religiously speaking. I never heard any of any group being referred to in a derogatory manner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whether by design or by circumstance, my experience was one of general tolerance. Mm -hmm. And in growing up, I associated with all kinds of races and color because I was always a very curious person. And because I wasn't stopped from interacting with other people, mm -hmm. to say that there was absolutely zero prejudice would be incorrect. Mm -hmm. But anytime I heard any reference to prejudicial concerns or prejudicial thinking, it was more in terms of they were more concerned about how society at large was going to react to a situation more so than how they felt about it. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. their life experience, of course, they'd been around too. My father had been through the Second World War and they know that not everybody has that kind of copacetic view of uh, the world. So the, so sometimes even though you may be open-minded and non-prejudicial, you will still carry some of that prejudice simply because in reality, you have to deal with the whole world out there who's not all that reformed. Yeah. And bringing technology into this discussion, mm -hmm. when you think about the internet, what we're getting is intellect and information minus yes. a lot of the emotional component. Exactly. Now, when you're talking to somebody, you can hear the emotion in their voice. But when they're just online mm -hmm. uploading comments, you're getting information, but you're not getting the nuances, the subtleties of their emotional response. And even day-to-day -day texting between people. Like oftentimes, I have had that experience where people misinterpret mm -hmm. uh, what you actually sent to them because they have their own kind of register on it, right? Sure. So if I need to discuss something, I would rather speak to the person mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. simply because there is nuance. And sometimes it's also much easier to grasp mm -hmm. the entirety yeah. of a subject or a discussion if you're able to explain things in between, which texting generally does not yeah, allow. Yeah. I'd like to also bring in sexuality. Okay. Because when you're in a sexual relationship with someone, mm -hmm. you can attest to the fact that there's lots of stuff going on in the mind. Yes. And there's lots of stuff going on in the heart. And sometimes those two spheres of activity don't balance very well. Very nebulous. And so you have one perception of what mm -hmm. they mean to you, and they have quite a different perception of what they mean to you, and they don't jive exactly. And sometimes you don't, you don't even discover that mm -hmm. until years after the fact. But that's also because sex is not a subject for a lot of people that has been open and discussed. That's right. So you automatically learn to kind of navigate it yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those people who are able to be more open about it and accept sexuality as part of life mm -hmm. yep. and caring and emotion, not just physical action, mm -hmm. they're better able to deal with all that Yeah, because there isn't a dissociation. It doesn't mean you still can't have various forms of pleasure and fun, whatever. Whoever you're interacting with is a human being, not just an object of pleasure. And yet there are relationships that are based upon sexuality, primarily, lustiness. Yeah. Uh, and both parties understand that mm -hmm. and are fine with it. And that works just fine 
Yeah, but the key is both parties understand it and are fine. Yeah. For me, it's difficult to imagine addictive behavior when you're connected. It's easier for me to imagine addictive behavior when you're disconnected. Yeah, sure. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Now, I can't verify it, nor am I in a position to make that an unequivocal statement. I don't have the expertise, but my feeling on that, I try to imagine my own actions, my own day-to-day feelings, my own Mm -hmm. day-to-day actions. Yeah. It's harder for me to imagine extreme behavior Mm -hmm. when I'm connected with my heart as well as my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is a scary thing for those people who hate the the LGBTQ community, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I'm afraid that the people who put this document out... You're afraid, Harry? I'm afraid. (laughs) They're emotional midgets in relation to the world at large and to their fellow human beings. So maybe we put a little heart into that and we don't think of them as tiny people. I imagine them as as little, (laughs) tiny, one-inch tall people who are shouting at the top of their lungs, perversion, perversion, oh, terrible, oh, they're going to kill the family, oh, Christian civilization is coming to its end, oh, alarm, 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 running around in their little tiny shoes, putting little letters in mailboxes and saying... It's Armageddon, it's Armageddon. And Armageddon out of here. <laughs> yeah, we can end on that note. But what I would suggest before we Armageddon out of here yeah. is that those people maybe need a little more loving. Oh, yeah. I want to just walk up to those, take those <laughs> one-inch high souls and squeeze them into my heart, then eat them. That's what I want to do. <laughs> okay, hey, Eric. listen, yeah. people listening in. Yes. We have a new thing on our website, which is that you can leave an audio comment. That's not just, right. That's not right. just a printy comment. Click on that icon and leave us a message. We want to hear what you think about we these podcasts. We definitely do it at thesillpodcast.com. Correct. Go there, leave an audio message, and you could be famous. We could play your audio message on the air. We could. And we will. At the very least, we'll give you some kind of response. Amen. Amen. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production, available at thesillpodcast.com.